college basketball team to make it to the Final Four at least once in the past eight decades. Roy Williams gets his fifth tonight. They win by three points. Nice. Uh, that's been the WCBN Sports Crew for the DSR. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a little White Snake still tonight. You're listening to WCBN FM 88.3 Ann Arbor. Good evening. That headbanger music was not Donald Trump's introductory campaign music. It was something else. Anyway, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And we're getting a little strange dose of winter. (laughs) Two weeks ago, it looked like spring was was here, but we've been denied. Yeah, there'll be some... uh potentially uh icy mix stuff coming our way later tonight that's what the forecast is yeah and i don't know whether that's going to affect the wisconsin turnout but uh, wisconsin is tomorrow and wisconsin is a very interesting symbolic state uh polls show it's going to be very tight i think it will i don't believe cruz has a 10 point lead but he might win the state and it will be just very interesting to see how well or poorly Donald Trump does. Uh, North Dakota voted over the weekend in a get-together of party stalwarts at a convention. Trump didn't get any delegates. They're all uncommitted. So, yeah, this, these capricious rules from state to state make everything quite confusing. Democrats are easy. It's proportional. Bernie... In my mind, has a must-win tomorrow. Uh, I think if he doesn't win, he'll it'll be pretty much over for him. But uh, even if he wins, say by six or seven points, he's really not going to put a big dent into Hillary Clinton's delegate lead, and it'll come down really to what happens in New York in a couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens with the Democrats. That's just going to be kind of easy to figure out. The Republicans have this strange system similar to Illinois. The winner gets a little bonus for winning the state, 
and then it goes by congressional district. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, the history of these state-by-state -state party rules and maneuverings that are, I mean, these are all constructs made by the parties themselves. So it's uh, interesting the extent to which uh, Trump's tendency to uh, bash against the system, you know, tends to reveal some of the, the cracks in this uh, mechanism that uh, people are not happy about. Yeah, there, there are some deficiencies and some capriciousness of it. I think there's been way too much talk in the Democratic side about superdelegates. I don't think they have played any role or are going to play any role. They're just simply going to ratify the choice that the voters make within the Democratic Party. There's no instance of superdelegates overturning a winner on the ground. So the contests are going to determine what happens, right? just like the hockey playoffs. And you can think of the Wisconsin primary tomorrow as a little bit of the confusing and uh, interesting aspects of the NHL playoffs down the stretch here. Uh, we know that the Wings, for instance... Streak is on the line, but for instance, tonight, just uh, to talk about this very briefly, it's very interesting. You know, the Columbus Blue Jackets could do a big favor for the Wings and somehow beat the Rangers at home. It's not really going to affect whether the Wings make the playoffs, but the Tampa Bay Islanders game is critical. And because of the way the standings work, uh, Detroit should be rooting for Tampa Bay. Because unless Tampa Bay loses four games, and the Wings win all three games, they're not going to overtake Tampa Bay. But the Islanders, they're neck and neck with. Right. So even though the Islanders are in the other conference, the other division, the Wings are only two points behind the Islanders. So if the Islanders get zero points, they're within closer striking distance, whereas Tampa Bay has four games left. And for them, for Detroit to overtake Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay literally would have to lose all four games. And the Wings would have to win three games because the most number of points the Wings can get is 97. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation because Tampa's at 95 and they own a tiebreaker. So if they win even one game, the Wings would lose out on a tiebreaker to Tampa Bay. So the probability of that strange scenario that I've just discussed, is not terribly likely. There's a reason that Tampa Bay has 95 points. They're pretty good. <laughs> so we want Tampa Bay to win tonight uh, against uh, the New York Islanders because we're closer to them. However, we're in a better position now vis-a-vis -vis Boston because Boston lost yesterday. So it's this head-to-head -head stuff that uh, determines what's going to happen. And John Kasich is being kind of written off. It's kind of surprising. Not only written off, but uh, new noise uh, coming from Trump and Cruz to drum him out altogether, which from Trump's standpoint is it's a mathematical concern. He's going to peel votes away from Trump in these primaries, not Cruz. Well, I'm sure Donald has had some three ways in his life, but <laughs> three-way races tend to be more complicated. And, of course, with the Wings situation in the playoffs, they can't possibly catch Pittsburgh or Washington or Florida. So there are five remaining playoff positions 
But realistically, because Tampa and the Rangers are four points ahead of the, the Wings with only three to play, they really are focused on Philly, the New York Islanders, and Boston. That's their way into the playoffs. And, of course, the Wings play Philly uh, in Detroit on Wednesday. So they can take care of their own business. Right. So that's kind of analogous to Hillary Clinton's situation. Uh, if she loses Wisconsin, it's not that big of a deal unless she gets blown out of the water. But that doesn't appear to be happening. Uh, Bernie has put in a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. He's got the usual ground forces on the ground. He's had some rallies, et cetera, et cetera. So he's conducting his campaign. Well, and he do may uh, he may do well in those northwestern uh, hunting territories, uh, as you've suggested, yeah. were factors here in his his win in Michigan. Though there aren't as many of those states left for him to win, uh, there he's running out of states. But Hillary Clinton's game is in is in New York, right? If she wins New York. Uh, by five, anywhere uh, over, I'd say, eight points, I think that's the end of Bernie Sanders. Uh, he, he, he can continue his campaign, and he has enough money to do so, and he can keep talking about the issues. And there's some benefit for the campaign on the Democratic side to continue. But Hillary's key match is New York State in two weeks, sort of like the Red Wings situation. Tonight's uh, hockey in the Eastern Division is very interesting speculation uh florida by the way has clinched a playoff spot but they haven't clinched the division might be interesting if toronto beats them to make things interesting but detroit realistically can't catch florida they're six points behind and florida has a tiebreaker so they're not going to go past florida they would lose in a tiebreaker even if they run the board and take all three of their and florida loses all their games so um, the Toronto game is, of course, the least important of the three games for the Wings tonight. But by far the most important is the Tampa Bay Islanders matchup because that has a palpable impact on the Detroit potential to win second position, possibly very remotely. But a much more likely scenario is they get into the playoffs and edge out the Islanders. So they're definitely rooting for Tampa Bay tonight. Speaking of sports, by the way, the uh, the NCAA final tonight, I think, is one of the best matchups they've had in quite some time. Even if you don't like basketball, I'd recommend tuning into this game because... Uh, this is, I'm going to prove my ignorance here. This is tonight? This is tonight. This is the final, men's final, final, uh, because you have a, a team in Villanova that plays what I call really good college basketball under a brilliant coach, Jay Wright. Very similar to Michigan style, and they have a very good big man who is very active on the boards and can do some things inside. And I give Villanova a good shot to win this. They're shooting really well. North Carolina goes at you with depth, size, speed, <laughs> full court. If you're not ready to play, they're going to blow you out of the gym. But uh, I think Villanova is a scrappy kind of east coast team so this is a really outstanding final game and villanova is playing very well they've already beat kansas so this is a blue chip matchup this is like the number one against the number five team in the country regardless and i you know you don't know what's going to happen yeah 
Villanova could shoot poorly and they might get blown out of the gym. But I don't think so. I think Villanova has got a real shot, and it would be a bit of an upset, but not a, not a huge upset. So this is a really good game to tune into tonight if you're uh, looking for an adventurous sports experience. As for Donald Trump, uh, well, he's sputtering. Had a bad week. Well, again, to say he, the least, he, he said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud in his, uh, which is a Krusty the Clown line. Um, well, he can't he can't stop talking. Well, and he's he's making explicit what's implicit. That's that's my point. Is that uh, yes, he said some foolish and ignorant things. He said that women who get abortions, if he would illegalize abortion, and that women who pursued them anyway would be punished as murderers. But let's be honest here. The entire Republican approach to uh, women's rights, to uh, reproductive uh, concerns with their physicians and themselves has been one of punishment. Every obstacle that they can, they throw up. Uh, in clinic after Kasich has you know, closed a number of uh, clinics through uh, legislation as governor of Ohio. Ted Cruz is, is hardly... Uh, less punitive on women, his uh, allowance for uh, abortion only in the case of saving the mother's life, but he would make, you know, no, you can't get an abortion if you're raped or a victim of incest. Uh, so clearly punishment has always been part of the Republican approach to reproductive uh, rights for women. Yeah, and I think that the gaffe, so to speak, Trump had to walk it back demonstrates that he hasn't thought much about the issue. Uh, obviously, he's... Yeah, he just shoots off. And ...changed his position over, has to over time. Yeah. Uh, they have him on tape and in interviews uh, stating many years ago that he was pro-choice. He claims he had a conversion when one of his sons was born. Who can prove that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it demonstrates... Uh, Trump's unfamiliarity with many of the actual policy issues. He's always talking about, I'm a winner. I'm a unifier. That was his most amazing statement yet. He has begun to unify an element in the Republican Party. It's called Stop Trump. <laughs> uh, whether that's going to be successful or not, I don't know. Uh, obviously, he can put some distance between him and Cruz himself a couple of weeks in New York. Or you think he would do fairly well because the Republican Party in New York is a moderate party. It has nothing in common with Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz. Well, and remember Ted Cruz and his famous uh, New York, you know, life. Oh, yeah. New gaffe. York values, whatever that means. Well, I think it's we know clear what it, means. what it means, right? Yeah. yeah. We know what it means. Uh, I'm, of course, old enough to remember. In junior high school, when uh, there was a euphemism used for a teenager, junior high girl in uh, southern Ohio, Appalachia, who, quote, went to New York for the weekend. This uh, was before Roe versus Wade. That's where you could actually yep. get an abortion from a doctor. And these restrictions that have been imposed on women throughout the South in particular are really pretty pathetic. Um, this is, as a public issue, I've always been 
unambiguously pro-choice. I think it's up to a woman and her family and her doctor. It's got nothing to do with the government. There is no compelling state interest to, quote, protect the fetus. I don't even believe in the metaphysics of the debate. And if you read the Black Monroe versus Wade opinion, which was decided seven to two, Rehnquist was one of the dissenters. Blackman, Harry Blackman, appointed by Richard Nixon, cites about six constitutional amendments and about 10 cases of constitutional law that uh, justified the decision. And interestingly, in the decision, he even specifically went out of his way to state, it's not our position here today to decide when life begins. That's not our task here. We are to decide this case based on the United States Constitution and previous law as uh, directed by the Supreme Court. So an interesting ruling today, by the way, unanimous on uh, one person, one vote. Oh, yes. Baker versus Carr is the original case on that. Redistricting. And this, of course, is a challenge by conservatives in the state of Texas to try and alter the way congressional districts are drawn up, as if they haven't done enough of that. Um, it's just remarkable that these cases will continue in the pipeline. The loser in this uh, reach, shall we say, said, oh, well, we'll be back in a couple of years. We think that this law will be overturned eventually. Well, they're going to have to overturn the ruling that they made today. <laughs> and if Clarence Thomas even voted, although he, he made a strange uh, concurring opinion where he claimed amazingly that states could have this right, <laughs> though on the facts he actually sided with the majority. Um how an African-American could come up with that cloudy reasoning given the history of Jim Crow laws and uh, the messes that were created after Reconstruction is almost incomprehensible. Well, remember, he's still reeling from... Uh, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Scalia's gone. What do I do? What do I'll I do? write a concurring opinion that I... contradicts what <laughs> I just decided and come up with some reasoning that is non-existent. It's uh, rather remarkable. Well, the whole idea that, I mean, it, it makes pretty good sense that uh, the congressional districts are based on the number of people who actually live there, total number of people who actually live there, not just the voters. Well, that's what it says in the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> and it, it, it's another <laughs> example of this tendency uh, amongst the right wing to try at every possibility to limit access to voting, to roll back uh, voting rights. Um, or how about the latest one, uh, limiting the right to go to the bathroom, um, the North Carolina law. Um, where these people think this stuff up is, is almost beyond comprehension. Well, let me get this straight, and I'm going to try and kind of summarize the facts kind of quickly here. The city of Charlotte, North Carolina, passed a law giving transgender people some sort of right to use the bathroom that they want to use. Whoop-de-doo. 
The governor of North Carolina running for re-election, a Republican, and uh, the majority leader of the uh, House, decided that this demanded emerg- an emergency session. <laughs> and I'm kind of wondering where the white men of the North Carolina state legislature do go to the bathroom. <laughs> Are they the types of men that use urinals to use the toilet <laughs> from a distance? I don't know. Is Donald Trump going to stand outside bathrooms in North Carolina with his copy of the North Carolina Constitution, a tape measure, or perhaps a birth certificate? Because now they've brought in the issue of birth certificates into this thing. Well, this is uh, sort of an issue here in Michigan at the moment with the uh, Department of Education attempting to uh, create language in the school system that accommodates uh, students with transgender concerns and allowing them to simply use the restroom uh, of the gender with which they identify. And the uh, Michigan State Legislature, the Republicans are just completely agog about this, that this is a harbinger of the ultimate decline of civilization. I I don't know how... I mean, they're not really thinking this through. This is for transgender people who are identifying with women it's not like it's a, a guy go i'm gonna sneak in the girls bathroom check out the girls this is a young man who's transitioning uh, for a number of complex reasons that are beside the point right from the argument itself that uh this is a person who will be respectful about the fact that this is a women's restroom well, and, and there's stalls, as I recall. And there's privacy within that yeah. anyway, so, unlike a men's room in, in most cases. Um, but Then, to, of course, there's the L- Larry Craig stall down. <laughs> that's the toe tapper. <laughs> down at the edge of the, of, but of, this, of the rack there. This bizarre, you know, uh, obsessive uh, fascination with... What people are doing in the bathroom, what people are doing in their bedrooms, what people are doing with their doctors. This is nobody's business. Right. The individual themselves. And individual liberties are one of our most cherished possessions as Americans. It's it's (laughs) so strange that it's almost tea party all about. Hard to understand where they're coming from. I I don't very nervous. What the crisis is. The emergency session. We must have this must decide this immediately. This, uh, of course, is an example of of government uh, trying to come up with a solution to a problem that I don't think really exists. I don't know what the problem is. It's just a short step away from, okay, you can shake it three times. More than that, and it's your violating decency laws. As for the (laughs) men's restroom at the North Carolina State Legislature, uh, presumably in Raleigh, I don't know if renovations are underway, but uh, how this uh, law is going to work is anybody's guess. Um, I just hope that the members of the North Carolina State Legislature that voted in favor of this harebrained idea are required to carry their birth certificate around with them, (laughs) Uh, just in case. Well, let's remember, too, that this continued failure to read the sort of natural development of American culture and just human culture in a civilized world 
that the Republicans time after time have painted themselves onto the wrong side of the so-called culture wars. Most people don't care about these things. Most people uh, have more important concerns. And if this is the way they want to uh, pretend to carry on about the business of the American people, they're just going to be wrong Yeah, again and again. Right. Why fix the roads? Why pass budgets? Why repair some infrastructure? Let's focus on the really important problems of America. The male bathroom. <laughs> A place you don't want to go in some places in America, regardless of what your gender identity is. <laughs> uh, I've seen a few uh, in New Orleans that... Uh, Look a little bit like a dungeon yeah. <laughs> in uh, ancient France. <laughs> I've been to London. I've been to France. I think I can see Larry Craig's underpants. Ah, <laughs> uh, this has got so much humor. We'll just give the legislature of North Carolina a brain damage award. A time I out. No more bathroom breaks. Well, this is uh, there was a state legislator back in the in the 90s that I seem to remember had a AIDS prevention uh, agenda that involved Lysol. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He, that was the state where the guy advocated. He was a Republican, by the way. Uh, he advocated the use of Lysol on one's genitals to deal with the AIDS epidemic. Purity of essence. <laughs> Purity of essence, Mandrake. It it came to me in, in the act of making love. <laughs> uh, okay, we better get off this subject before we get into any more trouble. But, of course, our opinions are our opinions and not the opinions of WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, or the regents of the University of Michigan. Another shocking story that as we uh, you know, are here in the... 16th year of the 21st century you'd think that uh such things like this wouldn't have to come to legislation but uh food and drug administration uh, proposed uh, last week a limit for inorganic arsenic in infant rice cereal uh saying this common starter food is a leading source of exposure to the toxin uh the suggested limit is simply 100 parts per billion it's unclear as to whether this is a sufficient level, but uh, people, experts believe it's a step in the right direction. In the risk assessment, the agency tested 76 rice cereals for infants and found that about half of them had more inorganic arsenic than the proposed limit. So why people would manufacture baby food that had any arsenic in it at all is of course very sad but uh it's <laughs> here you go Th this is the why you have government this is why government intrusion of this kind is necessary uh corporations of course if, if we were far enough back in history you could have had uh children packing these boxes of uh arsenic laced baby food um, and it would have all been perfectly legal, but uh, we have government oversight in these matters to protect children. And so. Uh, and of course, with the lead crisis in Flint, uh, many jurisdictions around the country are discovering that uh, their water too has lead. 
uh, because yep. this is part of the infrastructure deficiencies that, uh, well, the National Federation of Engineers has concluded that the United States needs to spend several trillion dollars on infrastructure improvements. Uh, this was a proposal, by the way, by Barack Obama uh, early in his presidency that was obstructed by Mitch McConnell and uh, the Republicans. They were worried, well, worried yeah. about bathroom bathroom breaks. And if you just think about such bizarre numbers as uh, we come to the final two minutes of the program, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next here on WCBN. How much the United States spent in... Uh, let's just say air conditioning for a uh, green zone in Iraq and Afghanistan alone. <laughs> if that were spent on roads and bridges. And pipes at this yeah. point. I mean, there are ma major cities that really need to take a look at what's happened in Flint. Of course, uh, there is now uh, open discussion of recalling Governor Snyder. That may happen, may not, I don't know. I'm still uh, agnostic on the issue. I'd like to see some more evidence. I don't think there's any question that Snyder screwed this up massively, but whether or not he should be recalled, I don't yet. I haven't really read enough of the emails, the scary emails that may or may not implicate him. We'll see what happens. Well, the uh, running through of the emergency manager law after the people of Michigan voted it down is one of the biggest slaps in the face, I think, the state's ever had from its governor yeah and they should definitely look at some of the problems with the emergency manager law the, the issues of liability and culpability because these are real uh, problems with this uh, what happened in flint and what we're not seeing is uh, we're seeing some remediation some action on the ground with the pipes but it seems like it's moving kind of slow and they really haven't addressed any of these uh Look, liability issues that are allowing Snyder to use taxpayer money to defend himself. Right. Now, he's probably protected under the way the law is currently written, but that needs to change. And I don't think it will under uh, the current uh, power structure that exists in Lansing, but that's uh, rather unfortunate and needs to be looked at. And, of course, the incompetence of the Michigan DEQ is a serious issue here and is an example uh, of perhaps Snyder's negligence in this whole uh, fiasco. We are apparently out of time. I would like to thank An Andrew for engineering and obviously the Snyder recall uh, debate can be had again. We'll be back next week. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City calling, uh, coming up next right here on WCBN FM and Arbor. That's Arthur Montana Taylor in the background doing Detroit Rocks telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's Jerry Mack, your host this evening, for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues, performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. It's sort of a standard intro we do to this show every week, just to let you 
know that we are digging deep into the historic blues, the roots of rock and roll, and a few other genres. Arthur Montana Taylor, born 